Three, two, one. From Rapid City, South Dakota, we go behind the scenes of South Dakota Mines Athletics with interviews and exclusive access. This is Hard Rocker All Access. My name is Josh Van Valkenberg Gernert. I'm here with Jessalyn Ship, women's golfer, senior. Thanks for joining us today, Jessalyn. Thank you. Just getting started, uh, what was your life kind of like growing up? I know you grew up in Kansas City. Right. You have a twin sister. Mm -hmm. What was your life like growing up? What initially got you interested in sports? Um, so just growing up, and I know we kind of talked about this earlier uh, last year too, but um, my sister, so I have a twin sister. I also have a younger sister. Um, and we are all pretty close and uh, my dad had played golf, so uh, when we were young, we would always go out to the driving range that was in our neighborhood um, and just kind of hit balls, uh, mess around. Um, so that's kind of where that started. And then um, since we always had each other, we always had people to go practice with, and it just made it more fun. Um, and yeah, we just kind of grew into golf through our family members playing golf and than being able to go with each other um, and kind of have a friendly competition between the three of us. Um, we were always, for tournaments and everything, within one or two or three strokes of each other all the time, so. <laughs> so how close in age is the non She is three years younger, so she's, gonna, she's a freshman in college this year. So you pretty much went to high school together at least for a little bit, yep. all three of you. And mm -hmm. So how close did that make you? Obviously, I'm sure your twin and twin are super close, but what about mm -hmm. the younger sister? Uh, she always tagged along for everything, as younger siblings do. Um, and so she was, I mean, it was always the three of us doing everything, at least golf-related. Because um, the golf program at our high school was actually pretty small until the three of us got there. Um, and then it kind of started gaining more people. Um, but we always, all three of us, would go out and practice or whatever together, so, yeah. Did you play any other sports, you know, when you were younger besides golf, or was it pretty much um, your whole life? Up until the summer before high school, uh, I did play softball, uh, but <laughs> I was a lot better at golf, obviously than I was at softball. And so um, that kind of guided how we went in high school. Um, and there's more scholarships for women's golf. And um, it was just, I, I liked golf more. Softball was just kind of one of those things that I'd done, but I didn't really, you know, care to do further. Um, I did dance up until the same time. Um, and then throughout high school, I did more of the nerd things. So uh, robotics, like academic slash scholar bowl, um, different things like that, so. Um, usually twins, I know, are pretty mm -hmm. in, inseparable. What was that kind of relationship like? And then what was it like to kind of, I guess, spread your wings and be apart from her when you went to college? Right, so when we were uh, younger, we were definitely, very much um, like she would talk for me because I had the um, part of the 
thing we were talking about earlier was it had a, spe I had a speech impediment, and so I would talk, I talk fast. Um, <laughs> and so no one would understand what I'm saying, so she would always have to finish my sentence. And then actually, as we got older, it flipped, and I would always be the one talking for the both of us. Um, but it was kind of nice, and we both uh, agreed on it. It was like, we were always known as Jessalyn and Cassidy, and you couldn't really have one without the other, so it was kind of nice to, when we separated and went to college, be our own people. It was no longer you and you. We could be who, like, our individual selves, um, and no one would be like, oh, well, how do you compare to, or, like, golfing, comparing with Casty, and there was just no, it, we were our own people, which was nice to have, since we hadn't for the, <laughs> yeah. Your whole life. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, what was this, you kind of mentioned your high school was pretty mm -hmm. small. Where did you go to high school? And is, is that kind of rare? Because I know Kansas City's obviously well, pretty big. So the high school itself wasn't small. It's just the golf team started off small. Um, so it was Platte City High School, or Platte County High School. Um, and it was about 1,200 people. So, I mean, it was a decent sized high school, um, but the, we, we just, golf wasn't as popular until uh, we got there, and my, so like my freshman year of high school, there were six, five, six of us, and then it consistently grew by two or three people, um, and now they have enough for two teams, so yeah, I'm, right, and by the time I left, there were nine or ten girls, so. Um, it definitely it became more popular as I went through high school. Sure. What kind of successes did you have, either individually or as a team, while you were there? Uh, so, individually, I was a state qualifier twice. Um, so I made it through the districts and the sectionals, which I think are now regionals. But um, and then went to state twice. Uh, I had a school record, but my younger sister may have broken that one. <laughs> um, and then as a team, we were actually, so our sophomore, junior, and senior year, we won conference all three years, which is something that we normally didn't do prior to um, my sisters and I being on the team. So. Yeah, and in that area, I'm sure there's a mm -hmm. lot of competition with a bunch of big schools. Too. Right. Um, and then kind of, I guess, when did you start to realize that college golf was going to be an option, and what other schools did you maybe consider during that process? So I had, like, going through high school, and that's one of the reasons why I stopped with softball and dance and stuff was because I wanted to focus on golf to be able to go play in college and do collegiate athletics. Um, and since that was my better sport, if I spent more time in it, you know, had a better shot. Um,
So that's actually the hard part because there's not a whole lot that had both biomedical engineering and women's golf. Um, it's definitely starting to increase as it becomes more popular, but my freshman or senior year of high school, freshman year of college, it was definitely still very new. Um, so I looked at Harding in Arkansas. I looked um, at Lubbock Christian in Texas Tech because they had a joint program. Um, and then here, and then I also looked at uh, Missouri S&Ts, so. And you kind of always knew you wanted to be a biomedical engineering major. What, I guess, drew well, you to that? Kind of. Uh, so originally I wanted to do something with the medical field, just wasn't entirely sure what. Um, and then I did, started robotics in middle school uh, and so I was like, well, maybe I can combine them. So that's kind of where I got the, the biomedical engineering from. Um, and then just academically, what was your transition like? I know, I know a lot of people struggle with mm -hmm. the transition from high school to college, especially right. here. But I think you were already in a lot of AP classes mm -hmm. and stuff, weren't you? So did that yeah. make the transition a little easier? That definitely made it easier because... Um, and a lot of the classes actually that I took my freshman year, I had already taken some form um, when I was in high school. The hardest adjustment was actually COVID when that hit in the spring of my freshman year because that was a whole new online learning style or you had like the hybrid classes, which were completely different as well. Um, and then that's also kind of when more of the engineering classes picked up and the harder classes picked up. So that was more of a learning curve than I would say the first semester. Sure. What was, obviously that was before I got here. So mm -hmm. what was that kind of like? Were you at home? Were you able to stay on campus? So that spring when it first hit, um, the golf team actually, so... We had two tournaments in Las Vegas the week of our spring break. And so we actually left two or three days before spring break. And then we get done with our tournament. Everyone goes home for spring break. So we only have our golf, really our golf stuff with us, maybe some school stuff. And then spring break gets extended. And then school goes online for the rest of the year. So, um, I definitely wasn't expecting those two tournaments in the spring to be the last time I was on campus, um, or the last time I would have been on campus for that, that spring. Um, so then, of course, the online learning happened, or the online and the hybrid stuff happens, and that was just, I personally don't learn very well online. Um, and it was, it was just one thing after another, it was like, we got COVID and now we have to do online and then we have to do, well, maybe you can go back in person. And so it was just a lot of figuring it out and also trying to figure out classes and everything because it's a new, it was a new major. It, we were the first class to go through it. So we didn't really have like the other departments had, we didn't really have other people that could like help us with these classes. So it was, yeah. You kind of mentioned you're not a, not as much of a visual learner. Mm -hmm. 
Is that something that's common with engineers? Because I feel like they're always like you have to play with stuff, right? Like that's right. So are you more of a like physical? You have to be doing it. Uh, learner. Yeah, that and I also, if someone shows me how to do it, I can do it. But if I'm looking at a computer, it's a lot harder to, um, at least for me, to understand how to go about these different processes, because that, that is what a lot of engineering is. It's just a lot of going through a process, going steps, and doing these steps and to get to the eventual solution. And sometimes that's hard to convey online or even hybrid when you're in class for one day and then online the next time and then in class the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know you, you're involved in quite a few mm -hmm. campus things. I'm guessing that kind of started to pick up after that freshman year. Um, so a few, th a few of them that I'm in weren't really started until after that. Um, Human-powered vehicle was, and we were doing things up until COVID happened. But after COVID, obviously, we didn't go to that tournament. And then um, that kind of shaped that differently. Um, but then, uh, so SAC I started, um, and that was kind of the same thing. But um, like the, the mental wellness and, and who and stuff, they didn't actually start until last year. So those weren't as impacted by COVID as the others. And you're the president of Human Powered yes. Vehicle, right? Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about what that is. So the Human Powered Vehicle, it's a camp team. Um, uh, we have a, there's 11 different camp teams, so it's one of the camp teams. It's multidisciplinary. Um, and essentially every year there's rules laid out about making a vehicle that is human powered. Uh, so most people think bikes could be a trike, could be something along those lines. Um, and you really, we have a, a lot of leeway with that to do whatever we want to do with that. Um, it just depends the people, the amount of people we have, the resources we have. So last year, two years ago, we made a bike that um, minimized the stress and strain on the rider. Um, so by keeping the steering closer to you, you're not um, exerting as much force on the wrist, especially if you go over like bumps or whatever in the road. And that is actually part of the competition was there is terrain, different terrain parts that you have to go through. So it would have been um, less force and less strain on the body, um, which then in turn would help with the carpal tunnel and things like that. Um, but this year, actually, there's an electric component to it, so we can have an electric assist. Um, we have ideas on how to do that, but we also might make a switch to human-powered NASA rover. Um, so we're, we're kind of deciding between that right now of which path we want to go down. So. Sure. so you basically, do you have a certain amount of time to kind of build it? Are there restrictions on, and then go and compete? Right, so, yeah, so we get everything in, um, like, the beginning of the school year, 
and then we can design and everything. And the competition in previous years had been sometime in April. Um, but this year, the uh, overarching, like the group, ASME, um, has put it up to the schools on what they want to host. So there's one human-powered vehicle tournament, and it happens to coincide right with finals. <laughs> and it's the only one um, so far, and it's in Virginia, which is like 24 hours away, so it's, it's just not feasible right now. Um, yeah. But they're also, they're, you know, battling the whole COVID thing because the past few years it had been online and now they're trying to get back in person. Um, but that's kind of hard when you don't know how to set, how many schools can host or would be willing to host. And So yeah. besides that, you're on campus SAC, right? Mm -hmm. So you're also on RMAC SAC, yes. right? What are, what are your roles for those two groups? So, currently I'm the secretary of the campus of the athletics um, SD Mines SAC, uh, kind of just taking notes, helping out, running um, whatever Annika and Jake and uh, Cy need. And, and then for the RMAC SAC, um, I do the health and safety, and that's just kind of, we'll talk about different um, bills or things uh, so, like, one of the things could be air quality or it could be temperatures and, like, what's reasonable to put the athletes through and what's not and how do we better manage um, our athletes' health and our athletes' safety. And then I think the last one is this, is it the student-athlete mental wellness or is that just campus mental wellness? Uh, so, our student-athlete one isn't very big right now and that's something that, we would really like to get started again. Um, we just, it was, it was hard with a bunch of things. So that one's a little bit on the back burner right now, which is unfortunate, but um, we're hoping that we can get some people to um, like really want to start it and get going with it. And um, who, it was hard being a collegiate athlete in the fall, trying to start, get that started up and being gone for a lot in the fall. And then with grad school interviews and stuff, I was, it was, it was a lot, so. You kind of already mentioned that you're a biomedical engineering mm -hmm. major. What are your, I guess, hopes to eventually do within that field? <laughs> don't know. Uh, funny story, I'm going to PA school for grad school, which is actually back to the medical field. Um, so as a physician assistant, hoping to work with geriatrics, um, prescribing medications, diagnosing, um, working in a hospital setting, clinic setting. So what made you decide to go back to that route? Um, I mean, partially it was always that that's kind of what I wanted to do. Um, but then also just being like through the engineering, it's a, I enjoy it, 
but I, it's just not something I see myself doing long-term. Um, and since we were the first class, we were the guinea pigs, and it was just kind of one of those things where I'm like, do I want to, I mean, the program itself is, you know, good, and they're working on making it better and everything, but I just didn't know for sure if I would feel comfortable doing that for the next 40, 50 years, whatever. Um, and I, I really like the PA program and uh, just being able to be more on the human side of things and interacting with people. Um, is that, that's something I've always liked doing, talking to people, helping people out, and that's a one way to, um, now, there are BMEs that have worked in PA professions and they've kind of coincided, so maybe eventually I'll do that. Um, but, yeah. You're going to Harding, right? Right. Um, so you had a couple different options, if I remember mm -hmm. right. What, what was it about Harding that, I guess, put it over the top? Um, well, like we had talked about, I had applied there for my undergraduate, um, and so I kind of already knew the campus. Um, and knew the area. Um, it's a lot closer to uh, home than some of the others. Um, and I do have like family and friends that also go there. So it's just, I, I mean, so being here, I've been 10 hours away from family and um, it's just gonna be nice to be a little bit closer for a few years. Um, let's switch a little bit and go back to golf. Mm -hmm. We haven't talked about anything about golf. <laughs> um, you've basically competed in just about every tournament for right. four years now, mm -hmm. maybe five years. Four? Four. Four. Okay. What has it kind of been like to see the growth in the program from, you know, where it was mm -hmm. your freshman year to now? I mean, somebody's setting a record almost every right. tournament now. Right. That, that's really nice. Um, my freshman year, we had on average five people that could go to a tournament. Um, we had a few people, we had one on co-op, so she wasn't here for that. And um, we really had five or so people that could play, weren't maybe the best players, but um, you know, with each tournament. And then uh, Coach Wheeler actually has done a good job recruiting um, and bringing in new talents, new skills. Um, and that's just really helped the program. So our junior class right now, they're all shooting, you know, 70s, kind of breaking in that record-breaking phase right now. And um, it's really nice to see that from when we were shooting bottom of the pack, 80s, 90s all the time, um, and it's really nice for our underclassmen, too, who can see that and who can learn from them and continue to grow. And the people that we're bringing in are just as good. Um, and they'll, they'll be able to continue this mentality and this um, growth through the program. Sure. And just reflecting, you know, on your mm -hmm. time, you know, you're, you're almost done with golf. What, what is that? Have you, like, reflected on that at all yet? Uh, we're starting to. <laughs> uh, 
it's a little weird um, being, it's, it's my last semester and it's the last semester I'll be a collegiate athlete. Um, I am excited that I can go play golf for fun and not have to, you know, ah, oh, didn't do so well, have to worry about next tournament doing better and I can just go out there and play my game and have fun. Um, but it is also, it's sad too, because it's like, this is what I've known for years now. I mean, I've been playing competitive golf since I was 12 and I'm almost 22. So that's, that's been 10 years of my life and it's, it's just kind of, it, I mean, I'm excited, but I'm also like, oh, I'm gonna kind of miss that, yeah. so. You have a couple tournaments left. Right. Home tournaments coming up mm -hmm. next. What do you hope to do, I guess, to kind of finish out your career, both individually and as a team? Um, I would really like to see our team just continue to uh, improve and do better. Um, we're leaps and bounds from where we were my freshman year and just continuing down that pathway and um, making a name for ourselves. Sometimes we're not as, uh, we're kind of last in the RMAC and uh, have been for a while, not last, but in like the bottom of the RMAC for a while. And it's gonna be nice to start getting a name for ourselves and we are a good team. Um, and finally getting people to recognize that is something that I really hope uh, that this team and the team uh, coming in can really do. Um, that's been something we've been working on for four years now. Personally, I just, you know, go out there, have fun, enjoy my last home tournament and whatever other tournaments I play in. Um, you know, maybe, you know, always try to do good, but um, just enjoy it. You know, I'm not gonna be a college athlete forever, so. I'm just kind of wrapping up looking both back at golf and you know your time and all the campus organizations mm -hmm. academically, what are gonna be your, some of your favorite or most fond memories of your time here? It's hmm. a good question. Um, I don't, <laughs> that's a really hard question. Um, I would say for golf, for sure, just being able, you know, going on those conference tournaments and playing and uh, just being with the team and everything. It's always a good feeling to, you know, be a part of the team aspect, even though golf is just as much an individual sport as it is a team sport. Um, just being able to be there and celebrate when the team celebrates and um, pick the team up when the team needs, you know, some confidence boosting. Um, with the other or the other non-athletic things, I don't know. It's just been, you know, I'll have a, a few stories to tell with the whole COVID thing um, and the human-powered vehicle thing. I still talk to some of the people who have graduated from that, uh, and we laugh about the times where we turned them upside down in the bike and uh, different things like that. So. All right, thank you so much for joining me yep. today, Jocelyn. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to The Hard Rocker Huddle with host Josh Van Volkenberg-Gernert. Follow on Apple and Spotify.